Good afternoon and welcome to the Finos podcast this afternoon uh, with Stephen Murphy, CEO of Genesis Global. Hi Stephen, how are you? Hi Jason, thanks for having me. I'm good, especially with the current situation in the world right now, but I'm all well, thank you. That's brilliant, that's great to hear. Um, and as people will know, Genesis are Finos members, um, but we would like to hear a little bit more about you. Stephen, can we begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your role in the Genesis team? Sure, James. Uh, firstly, my role within Genesis. I'm the CEO and co-founder uh, within Genesis. We started the company eight years ago now, myself and my co-founder, James Harrison, is the COO. And the background to myself, originally from England, as you can probably tell by the accent, um, now based in the Americas. I graduated with a computer science degree in 1999 in the University of Canterbury in Kent. Post which I worked at a number of different firms, initially Goldman Sachs as an equity trading developer, but then throughout my career went up the CTO type career path. Um, I worked at Merrill Lynch, both in Hong Kong and in New York, and HSBC, both in New York and actually in Brazil. And post which I also worked at a firm called BTG Patrial in Brazil. And my latest role there was the global head of electronic trading. So prior to Genesis had a, a, a very kind of IT and business orientated roles across a variety of companies. Can you briefly tell us the Genesis vision and how that relates to the growth of open source in finance? For sure. The, the Genesis vision is to be the leading low code application platform or capital markets. And when we say that, we, we mean it's a platform which both ourselves or our clients, or both ourselves and our clients, can build new solutions and products for our industry. So therefore, and what we've seen already since we launched the low-code application platform over three years ago now, we've built a number of products for clients, which are industry products. We build new platforms, which are used by a multitude of different clients, and clients also build their own solutions um, on the low-code application platform themselves. So the, the vision of the of the company and Genesis, where we're, we're already way on the journey, um, is being the low, leading low-code application platform for capital markets. How does that relate to the growth of open source in finance? Very interesting, because at the heart of everything we do, and within the low-code application platform, is open source technology whether or not it's the in-memory database, which has to be resilient, high-performance, scalable, fit for purpose for the use cases within capital markets, all the way through to the UI components, which, and those UI components in our industry, again, have to deal with things like it could be market data, which is uh, low, late, low latency high, like as in a high throughput of data, consuming that data and being able to update that data. So what we've seen is within our platform and being able to fulfill our vision, leverage of open source technology. Now, why do I think there's going to be more growth? I think firstly, the, and Finos has been a great part of this, for instance, is the industry is now open to open source technology. Um, that's one big step. When we started Genesis seven, eight years ago, there was kind of um, some skepticism around open source technology. I'd say there's no skepticism anymore. It's here to stay. And the other thing is this, so that's great. That's, and we, we've leveraged a lot of that open source technology, but there's lots of things still left to do. And with an open source, with a community of people um, and an industry 
which is open to, to the standardization and open source, there's lots of things which haven't been dealt with yet. And a good example of this, which uh, I know that Finos is looking into, is things like data masking. It's something that we've heavily involved in because most of our solutions we host for our clients in our cloud in, on our cloud infrastructure. Um, but ultimately, guess what? It would be great if there's a open source, there's a standardized way to do data masking. It's a challenge that every firm has, uh, whether or not it's internal, it could be even if you don't host that solution on the cloud, but internally you have certain people that you don't want to see sensitive data, you want to mask that data. Well, we should work on that collectively. So that's just one example of why I think we will see more growth uh, within, the, within the finance industry around the use of open source. That's great. And for those who are listening in who have never heard of Locade, can you explain what it means and how it fits into the evolution of technology for business? Sure. So Locode, let's, let's, let's talk about Locode in terms of a, a low-code application platform. And you can really break that down to two things. The low-code application platform it has the first section, which you can really think of as the, the low code, the time to market, the development tools, how to build something. So when we describe low code, we have through either some of our actually tools, which are both no code and low code tools, visual tools to build parts of a solution or all of a solution. Uh, things can be done in configuration. Some of that, for instance, is uh, XML. It's human readable XML configuration. Again, uh, abstracting a lot of the underlying tech uh, complexity. Or there's things like um, you can programming Java and Groovy, but you're doing much less code. And that's what we mean by low code. A good example of that would be, for instance, within our industry, concept of two-phase validation on, on transactions. Uh, so when we say two-phase, we say concept of warnings or the concept of errors. Warnings is that you've been warned what you're doing maybe would breach a risk limit, and but you can still uh, click through that, but compliance will be aware that you click through that. All the way through to errors, and errors are, errors are hard error stops. That's one section to a low-code application platform. The application platform aspect of it is the actual things like release, releasing that software, uh, infrastructure management, um, ultimately DevOps, and that actually running in a very resilient cloud infrastructure where you've got 24-7 availability. So I suppose I'd like to add to your point about low-code. We uh, we've think about stuff as a low-code application platform. The low-code stuff is really about the development aspects of that and also things related to development, like development process, agile, and source control, et cetera. And then we have the application platform piece, which we think more a lot more around the DevOps piece of that and whether or not it's managing infrastructure and the actual solution. And when you think of that, how that's evolving in technology within finance, we think that that's, it's just another step change. We've kind of gone through cloud, we've gone through agile, we've gone through open source where people have adopted that. A low-code application platform brings all of that together, leveraging open source technology, number of standards in the industry, which are now part of that, cloud infrastructure has been accepted, people want to work in an agile way, and, and our industry now ex expects things to be developed in weeks, not months and years. They expect to be able to get small iterative changes in an agile way. When you think of this, why, why does our, um, how we position ourselves as a low-code application platform, how does it fit into the evolution of technology and finance? Some of the fundamentals like open source, cloud, agile, uh, are all imperative to the finance industry. Our low-code application platform and low-code really brings all of that together. I understand open source plays a vital part in the evolution and growth of the Genesis low-code platform. Can you explain how this is the case? 
ultimately, open, open source, as mentioned, has been a, it's a key part to everything we do, whether or not it's the underlying uh, database technology we have, um, whether or not it's how we do security authentication authorization, um, all the way through to the UI components that we have within the platform. Why, why are we seeing it as a vital part of the evolution and growth of, the, of, the, of our overall low-code application platform? Well, there's more and more we're trying to do and more and more use cases that our clients are coming to us to perform which requires us to build things that we think, for instance, should have open source uh, software uh, or, and or standards. So why do we think that open source is a vital part of the growth and where we want to evolve? Well, we think that because our industry is evolving so much. And I'll give a really good example of this. When you, when you think of the retail banking, um, in some cases wealth management, mobile applications and Alexa are key, and Alexa obviously is more evolving. It's more of a consumer type technology right now. But you look at look at retail banking and mobile applications. Whoever you bank with, wherever you are in the world, you expect a mobile application. Guess what? In capital markets, that's not so true, or that hasn't been true. So, for instance, a lot of that may be down to security. A lot of that may just be that there's a lack of understanding. Though those things are possible. We are seeing right now, and I, I use mobile, and I, when I use mobile, I use both mobile and tablet. And, whether or not it's iOS or Android, we're seeing a lot of things that how that our clients are expecting a different way to actually interact with workflow and data. Now, a good example of that would be CRM. So, for instance, a lot of that if you're if you're sitting on a, a broker dealer or a treasury desk, you want to look at all of the your, your flow that you're taking from a client, whether or not they've interacted with a research department. They did interact with the research department. What are they sending you? What commission did you make from them? What did you trade with them today? When was the last time you took an indication of interest from them? And some of these things you may be having a conversation over lunch with. Some of these things you may want to understand that when you are in a taxi or when you're commuting, uh, not when you have to be stuck to a Bloomberg terminal or, or a desktop screen, which has been set up specifically for your trading environment. To answer this, uh, to bring all of that back together, I think we, we're looking at things like Flutter as a technology for both mobile and tablet development. So we look at things that where our industry is evolving, we're thinking steps ahead of how we can leverage different open source technologies to be able to be a step ahead of providing that functionality to our clients. Um, as you see on whether or not it's, again, consumer type services, these robo, uh, robo chats. Uh, well, guess what? Why couldn't, if I wanted to find out who's trading the other side of Microsoft, uh, I could use my order management system. I might have to go to a few different order management systems or historical data. Why can't I just type that somewhere? Um, why can't I just ask Alexa? Why wouldn't I just have an app, app on my phone that I could quickly look at that while I'm talking to a client or if I had a meeting with a client about who's trading the other side? So um, we think it's a vital part of the industry's evolution, and we think it's a vital part of us positioning our low-code application platform being a step ahead of that for the growth that we will ultimately lead the industry and our industry driving as well. Can you explain how the FinOS FDC3 open standard accelerates the Genesis low-code platform alongside other open source platforms that you leverage? So if you look at FinOS FDC3, I think what that's done, it's been a great driver for everyone um, within our industry to really think about the workflow and the standardization of data messaging between vendors and between market participants. So right now, you've had things like, again, in the equities world, uh, as an example, fix. Fix, that's, there was a need for that. There's market data messaging was required, orders and trades, it was required. 
think where everyone realizes there's some very good and quick efficiency gains to be won by um, not making wholesale massive platform technology changes, but allowing desktop interoperability changes so that you can still leverage your old or your in-house technology or vendor technology. If you could get a message going across the desktop applications, you could streamline a lot of workflows very quickly. FTC3 has been key for that, right? So you've, you've seen a lot of this, there's the other vendors in the industry where you're doing different ways of desktop interoperability. There's open source technology for that. What FTC3 has been really good at is saying, well, you may have a technical way of doing that, but FTC3 is providing you the messaging standard to do that. And I think what's good about that is it's the messaging standard has got a data structure set plus what you're, what you're trying, what the interoperability function is, if you want to call it that. So why what, what we're really excited about FTC3 is, is part of that is a, is a data standard. And once you, uh, once you have that data standard, there's lots of different things um the open source initiatives that can be leveraged uh, we've discussed before the financial objects um but there's also things again even if you look at the data masking so i think ftc3 has been a great initiative within um within finos and within the community to get a look at the data standards and getting people to work together in a way whether or not it's a software vendor or the different market participants whether ranging from stock exchanges clearing houses through to asset management and hedge funds to actually come to talk around standards and work together. So I think FDC3 has been a great way for that. And we, Genesis, are looking to piggyback off the back of that, not just FDC3, but like I mentioned before, financial objects, for instance, really be able to push that so that financial objects can be standardized on the back end, uh, REST APIs, so that if you are a vendor, if you are, want to send an order, or you want to know what a syndicated loan structure is, that there's a standard for that. And it doesn't just have to be because FTC3 is going to pass that message to you on a desktop. There's a variety of use cases where you do not want data being passed around on desktop applications because of the throughput of that data, the size of that data, and that you want to perform a, a range of data analytics, a lot of number crunching. So, but we think FTC3 has been a great um, leader in bringing the different people together and also getting to a common standard around some of these data definitions. Can you explain why it's important for firms to contribute back to open source alongside consuming and leveraging available technologies? If, if, uh, if you look at some of the uh, open source standards and software, it's really only as good as everyone who's really contributed to it. And contributions happen in different ways. Contributions could be a definition of the problem set you're trying to solve. It could be leadership and energy to actually move the community forward or the group forward, although through to actual technical contributions to the actual solution and a technology or standards, which are happening off the back of that. So I think it's important for firms to contribute into the open source community um, alongside consuming and leveraging these technologies. So if you can't just have a world of people taking and taking and taking. Uh, I think if whether or not you're, you're, you're being a thought leader, the trailblazer, to actually sit there and say, guys, I think this should be the way it's done and taking those first steps. Um, that's great. We need leaders. We need travelizers. We need people who are, um, ultimately are, become leadership and part of that journey and agree with that. And, and, and we also need people taking that. It needs to be tested, right? It needs to be, it needs to be uh, uh, you need to have real test cases where it's being applied um, in different parts of the industry, whether it's a tier one bank, a tier three bank. It could be a firm in, in uh, in Asia, which has 
uh, different sub account models and exchange account codes versus models that happen in the US, for instance. So I think it's, it's really important for firms to contribute when they, when they do consume and they are leveraging these open source technologies, be there to really be active in the feedback um, contributing. And I, and I really think, strongly believe that contributions are not just in the form, obviously, of a technical check-in to get, but it's also really giving feedback and being part of those conversations and really allowing people to understand the business problem or the use case or the opportunity for, uh, for open source software. So yeah, it's, it's, it's imperative and important for that community collaborative effort. That's great. Can you talk a little about Genesis Global's involvement in Finos and what the future looks like? Of course. So Genesis Global's involvement in Finos, I'll start with that. We, we ultimately just become members of Finos. Um, it's a great pri privilege for us. It's something that we've been talking to the Finos leadership team uh, for probably over probably nearly a year now. So uh, there's lots of, lots of great things that uh, we've seen Finos moving forward. Um, so there's, if you look at what our involvement to Finos to date has been, has really been giving some of the behind the scenes feedback of what we're seeing with the industry, how Finos can evolve, um, what initiatives we think are important within the industry. I, I would say some of that has not probably been too public uh, in kind of in the, in the different uh, platforms that it's used to communicate, or not it's kind of check-ins through to a lot of the um, leadership meetings. So really to date, we've been really talking about behind the scenes where we think we can be involved. And we really want to be part of Finos so that we ultimately make sure we can contribute and we can add value. And really, so we also understand what it takes to contribute and that we make sure that we're not, not just joining Finos to have a Finos membership badge, but really to make sure that we can contribute value into the Finos community. Um, what I think um, what's really another, another big thing for us both now and moving forward is we recently hired Nick Coburn. And as you know, Nick Cobra leads the FDC3 uh, open source initiative, open standard initiative at Finos. He's a great hire for us. Uh, he's a, he's a, ultimately, he's part of the leadership uh, engineering team within, within Genesis. Within the industry, he's extremely well known. Um, and he helps bring people together and drive uh, open source initiatives within our industry. So he's also part of the Finos leadership team. So I, that definitely shows our contribution. We're very keen for it to do as much as possible within Finos, both in FDC3 to continue what he does, but also to be involved in the other initiatives that we want to be part of leading as well. And that we've already spoken about financial objects as one, for one, for instance. And also it's not just Nick. The, um, we had, we've got Jose Bozo, he's our global head of core engineering. And there's a number of initiatives that we would like to have him involved in, both technical ones, um, our cloud infrastructure and how we manage our own cloud infrastructure. We know that Finos has a cloud uh, initiative that we really want to be actively involved in. We've learned a lot uh, over last um, over last seven years around cloud providers, what we believe different clients and the journeys that our clients are going through to become, uh, to move away from on-premise enterprise infrastructure to cloud uh, service providers. So we think we've got a lot we can add in that space. So I think the future looks like us being, Genesis being involved in a number of different initiatives. Some of those we'd like to take a very active lead on. Uh, Nick will continue to do that in FDC3. You'll definitely see areas where we'd like to take an active lead around financial objects, for instance, cloud, uh, but, but also other things. I think it's not, I, I've not, I've yet to see an area of Finos initiatives that we don't touch or where we don't think we can add value um, by contributing to. So the, uh, the future looks, 
looks like we're going to do more and more and more together and lead more and more things together for the good of ourselves, for the good of Finos, and ultimately for the good of the community within Finos and, and, the, and the capital markets industry, finance industry in general. Thank you very much, Stephen Murphy, CEO of Genesis Global, um, for joining me on today's um, Finos podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as my guest here this afternoon. Likewise, James. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And it's been a pleasure uh, going through this podcast together and look forward to future webinars, podcasts and discussions and conversations. That's amazing. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you.